everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Universe Within podcast. This episode of the show is being sponsored by the Amazonian Plant Healing Center, the Temple of the Way of Light. The temple is a place I've worked at for a number of years, I think the last eight years or so, so I can really attest to the quality of the work that they do. They predominantly work with ayahuasca and the Shipibo lineage, working with um, four Shipibo doctors or healers, curanderos, uh, two to three facilitators, which is kind of like a bridge between the guests who come down and the Shipibos who we work with. Uh, there's yoga teachers, vegetalistas, uh, herbalists, people who work on bones, massages, really just an amazing support staff. And uh, they, they really do an amazing job at creating an environment that really allows people to go really deeply into this plant work. Um, even from my experience, a lot of people who've worked with ayahuasca in other traditions um, outside of the Amazon, when they come to the temple, they really realize that it's just a different quality of work that's being done. So if anyone is interested in working with ayahuasca, going really deeply into a process, learning through the plants about themselves, uh, healing, learning, it's really an amazing experience. They've been shut down, unfortunately, since March of 2020 due to the pandemic, but hopefully they will be opening in June of 2021. So if you're interested in learning more, you can check out their website at templeofthewayoflight.org, and there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, also, myself and my colleague, Marav Artsy, who I interviewed a few podcasts ago, we will be running dietas, which is a kind of a traditional process in which people learn through the plants. Um, and we'll be running diets in Urubamba, which is in the Sacred Valley of Peru. Uh, we have two scheduled for this year. The first will be I believe March 3rd to the 19th, and the second is May 1st to the 17th. And that's a really amazing opportunity if one is interested in going deeper into this work, doing a dieta, and, and really learning directly experientially from these plants. Uh, it's in the tradition we were both trained in, which is working with tobacco and trees, and it's a, it's a really amazing opportunity to really connect with oneself and to learn. So if you're interested in that, um, you can check out my website at nicotianarustica.org, and Marav's site is tobaccodiets.com. Both of those links will be in the show notes as well. Uh, my guest on today's show is my friend Irene. I met Irene actually working at the Temple the Way of Light. She came down originally with a organization called ICERS, um, the International Center of Ethnobotanical Something Research Something. <laughs> But essentially, they're the European equivalent of uh, MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies or Psychedelic Sciences. And um, they partnered with the temple to do, I believe, what was the, the, the largest and longest study on the long-term long effects of working with ayahuasca. So they traced a, a number of guests who came through the temple um, using various parameters and judging their quality of life. Uh, pre-arrival and then throughout the workshop, um, post-workshop, all the way up until I think a year or two years and maybe even longer now. And the results of that were pretty amazing. Uh, I'll also put a link to that study in the show notes. So that's how I met Irene. She came down um, as part of ICIR's uh, gathering data for that study. She also is an art therapist and she has a background in Jungian psychology, um, Carl Jung, uh, who's a really 
I would say kind of amazing mystic uh, in his own right, uh, someone who really went deeply into the world of dreams and archetypes and symbology and a really fascinating man. So she uses a lot of his work, a lot of his symbolism in her work. And then she began facilitating ceremonies and, and working with Shipibo, working at the temple, facilitating those ceremonies, running groups with people. And eventually she started dieting in the same tradition that, that I was trained in also, which is working with tobacco. So she's a really fascinating woman. She's she's a very dear friend. Um, I, I have a lot of love and respect for Irene. And um, we talked about a lot of topics in this, about her background, about psychology, archetypes, plant medicines, her, her own experience and process. So it was a really nice conversation, and I think you all will get a lot out of it. Um, like always, if you're able to support this podcast, uh, Patreon is a really good way. That really helps me to continue to produce new content, to bring on new guests, to continue making this show. Um, Patreon is a subscription service, so there's different tiers you can subscribe to, making a monthly donation. And with that, you get a lot of things back as well, things like early access to shows, bonus material, Q&As, things like that. So it's a really big help to me, and it's a really big help to the show. Uh, there's also the option of direct donating through PayPal. There's a link in the show notes as well. And if you're not able to do that, simply going on the YouTube channel, Universe Within Podcast, subscribing to the show, turning on that little notification bell next to it, and liking the video. That's a really big help. And then with the audio version, going on Apple Podcasts, subscribing and leaving a starred rating and a review. That's a really big help. So I think that's it. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Irene. Bueno, bienvenido. Bien. So, ah, Irene, I have a question. I have uh, yeah. a question. Uh, is it better for me to look at the at the camera here in the computer, or I can look at the at the screen? Yeah, yeah. Look. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can look wherever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so new. I'm back. <laughs> so I met you. Um, I met you at the, the Temple of the Way of Light, the, the Amazonian mm -hmm. Plant Healing Center. And I think you arrived after I had left for the first time. I, I left to do kind of a, a long series of, of dieting, which we'll, we'll probably talk about more later on. And I think you came during that period because I remember coming back. I think I, maybe I did a tobacco ceremony or something at the temple yeah. and I was having lunch and I saw you. <laughs> and uh, and that was the first time. I think maybe we briefly talked, but then I, I probably didn't see you again for, I don't know, a, a few months or even a year until I came back. So yeah. you, you're originally from uh, Catalonia. Exactly. <laughs> I had to make sure I didn't say Spain. <laughs> um, and so maybe, maybe just to start, uh, maybe you can, you can speak a little bit about your background. Like, you know, who is Irene? What, what, what's her story? And because I... <laughs> When, when you first came to the temple, you were working for ICERs. So maybe yes. Um, yes. What, what happened before then and then what, what led you eventually to ICERs? Okay, so... Starting from day what one. What happened before? <laughs> <laughs> day one. Um, yeah, I'm from Barcelona and 
from when I was a kid, I always felt very connected to nature. I was going to nature a lot with my family. And, and I remember like being in the forest, I always felt like at home, you know, like trying to talk to the trees, like, like every kid, you know, like doing all these things. And later in life, starting university, this connection got lost some way. And some years after, I tried to reconnect with that, but not in the good direction, obviously. I was living in, in different squads for many years, trying different substances, and that led me to a big crisis of faith. And I ended up in a community, like a spiritual community near, near Barcelona in the mountains. And I remember being there, like really asking myself, if there is a God, one, where is it? <laughs> And what's all of this going on? No, I, I always been very interested in the unconsciousness and what what is uh, that the eye cannot see. And during my 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 time there, um, I met ayahuasca, and and for me it was like I I remember very well this first ceremony, you know, where um, I could see all the all the the dark side of myself. But also, I could see all the bright side, you know. And I was like, "Oh, well, we are not so bad. Okay, let's let's work. We have work to do, but there's hope. You know, there's a lot of light and there's a lot of things." And from that from that time on, that was a thing. I was 27, something like that. And yeah, I started to work with the medicine, and I was working with these people, uh, the Maloca Association, La Maloca. And I was working there for five years. No, at the beginning I was just drinking, and then I was asked to participate in the ceremonies. And during these five years, I, I learned a lot. It was very beautiful to to facilitate to people. Uh, the community that we built there was beautiful. And and then I met all the people from ICERS that they became my friends. And I started to get involved with ICERS. No? ICERS is an international center for ethnobotanical research and study. And I was volunteering there with, with any conference they were doing. I, I was there. And so at some stage during these five years, towards just before, just the year before I, I went to the temple, this, this thought came to my mind, no? like, maybe I should go to the jungle. Because it's been a long time that I'm working with this medicine. And, but you know, you are in your comfort zone. And I, I thought, okay, yeah, jungle will not move from there, so it will be time, don't worry. And I think two months after that, I was asked if I wanted to go to the jungle. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to the jungle. And that was because from ICERS, they, they proposed me if I wanted to participate in that study. It's a study that we, we carry when, we, when I was in the, in the temple, a long-term study about the effects, the therapeutic effects of ayahuasca in, in long-term well-being, no? like uh, applied to uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD, and well-being in general. So I went to the temple, like, yeah, they sent me, you know? it's like, okay, you, <laughs> you speak English, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> um, uh, you have experience with the medicine. And also I, I'm our therapist, so it's like, you can also offer classes there if it's needed. I said yes, and yeah, I think it was October 2014, I arrived, I land in the Amazonian rainforest. And yeah, I mean, that was, that was a big shift, no? Because like this five years in Barcelona drinking the medicine, I was joining also the Santo Daime Church, and that was amazing, but it was like one kind of work with the medicine, no?
and then was arriving to the jungle was another chapter like and in 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 the beginning i went there for one year and i end up staying five <laughs> so the jungle sucked me in i didn't and didn't go so maybe maybe you can talk a little bit about ice ears. Some people may have heard of it. I would imagine many people haven't. Maybe some people have heard of uh, mm-hmm. MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic mm-hmm. Studies or Science. Yeah. They're they're based in the U.S. And would you say ice ears is kind of the, the European counterpart of that? Yeah, yeah, they are based in Barcelona, and they they carry studies. Uh, mainly about ayahuasca, iboga, and medicinal cannabis. And they are the responsible for uh, the ayahuasca, the um, international, uh, the World Ayahuasca Conference that uh, we did three of them, one in Ibiza, 2014, the other one in Acre in Brazil in 2017, and the last one was 2019 in, in Girona, up, up north here in, in Catalonia. So yeah, they do an amazing work. They do also, they have like... Um, a part of the of the foundation is uh, working on all the legal side, no, helping people that is having troubles with with the laws in different countries in Europe and also in South America. So yeah, they are doing a great job. They are doing lots of study studies and research. And I think that um, for many people and also for governments, no, they need this point of view, like the science saying that uh, or that. Ayahuasca, it's, it's a medicine, it's not a drug, you know, and I, I think it's very important that, that the, 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 the work they do, no, because they are using science to demonstrate that there is a benefit for, for the health, no, in using these medicines in a good context, in a good setting with responsibility and, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you also have a background in, uh, in Jungian psychology too, no? Yeah, yeah, I... As I said, I am art therapist, and uh, yeah, my when I when I did my my master, the um, the teachings were were with the um, Jungian approach. So for me, it was was very interesting to go to a temple because before going to a temple, my ideal job was a job where I can mix ayahuasca and art therapy with all the Jungian approach and the archetypes and the dream world, the dream space. And yeah, for me, being at the temple was like, oh my god. That is, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing the job of my life, you know, like, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful for me to have the opportunity to, to mix this, this two. Because um, when I met the medicine, I also was when I began to study art therapy. So for me, ayahuasca and art therapy are things that are very untangled and very, yeah, for me, are like two tools, no, to use. And yeah, the temple was the, my, my arena to expand all my practice and what what does that entail um i mean i'm i'm a little bit familiar with it but not so much and, and i'm sure a lot of people they they may have heard of obviously carl jung but how would how would you describe mm-hmm. his his work and that approach to working and and also uh, maybe how you relate that to art therapy as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah, I guess for me, Carl Jung was a pioneer, really, in 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 his time, and he he dipped down into the into his own unconsciousness, but also I think his work it really brings a lot of light into into the the 
uh, into our un unconsciousness too. And so there's a very, I don't, for me, it's a very special way to look into, into the insight no, of the, of the people. Um, I really engage a lot with the work through the archetypes, no, this, this energetic, um, the psychic energies that we have inside that different authors, they call it different things, but for me at the time, it really resonated, and, and I could really see um, inside of me many voices and many characters that I thought were me, but the moment I started working with our therapy in this, in this kind of, of point of view, I started realizing, okay, these are just part of me, you know, these are not me. And when you start naming them, <laughs> in the moment you have a lot of people inside of you, um, but uh, it's very nice because then you have your power back. You know, it's like when the judge came out and you are judging yourself, like, oh, wait, this is whatever name you, you call it, no? And then that, that uh, psychic energy, um, it loses a little bit of power, you know, and then you get back this power and then you can manage better. And, and so for me with art therapy, as I was working in the, in the, in the temple um, through the, the deep immersion program, um, I was doing like a series of exercises working with these different archetypes, no? also depending on how the group was feeling and also sometimes working individually with the, with the people. But yeah, through different exercises, you, you know, we were bringing up these, uh, these archetypes uh, or whatever was coming up uh, in the ceremonies and just, yeah, just bringing them into, into art, you know, into something material that maybe we, after we can talk to, you know, we can ask things to this mask we did or this picture or this collage or this piece of mud that we smash first and then we, <laughs> we did something with that. Yeah. And also the dream space, no, was, was a big part. The dream space and the symbology that, that Jung opened up for me was, was really important. I was like working with my dreams prior to the, to arriving to the jungle and that was a very nice work because through Jung, I realized the importance of creating your own symbology. Because sometimes when we have dreams, it's like, oh, I, I dreamt with a black cat. I'm going to look in internet what the black cat means. And it's like, maybe you just need to look inside of you what it means to you. you know? And I, for me, that was what, what, what Jung was, was also saying, you know, that first of all is your, your own symbology what matters the most. And then you can go and look to the universal symbology and probably we'll have something in common, but the exercise of building up your own symbology really helps a lot, helps a lot. And because yeah, you start creating your own world and you start understanding and using these, these symbols for your own good. So the when when Jung is speaking of the the unconscious, is that something that that he's pointing to that in the dream space we're we're accessing that unconscious mind? I mean, dream space is a big gate to the unconscious mind, but not only. You know, during the day, uh, there's there's plenty moments where the unconsciousness can play, but obviously, in the dream space is the easiest one because our conscious is asleep. No, and then we have, yeah, the consciousness is not there, no? But for that, I, I, I link it a lot with, with art, no? Because when, when we are doing something, better if we are not good at, no? If, if I'm a writer, uh, or if someone is a writer, I will not ask this person to write something. I will say, okay, let's do some math, 
and see what happens, no? So when we are doing art, there's a moment where the, the conscious goes away, kind of, you know? And then the unconscious can come. It is during the daytime, there's little, uh, little holes where the unconscious can come, you know? Uh, but obviously during the dream time is, is the big time for the unconsciousness. So for me, it was very interesting to see how my dream space changed when I started working with plants, for example. That was big because it was not the same, you know, and, and I started, I, I, I really can, I could uh, perceive the difference in, it's, it's difficult to explain, but it's different. It's different, the, the dream of, uh, when you are working with plants, you know, the dreams are different than when you are not. And that opened up another, <laughs> even the symbology, no, or even how the, yeah, the symbology, because when you work with plants, obviously you're working with a tradition also. And in your dream space, all the symbology of that tradition is coming in. Whether you like it or not, or you understand it or not, is coming in. And that for me was a big change. I said, wow, that's, that's another space. to, And it was very interesting to be able to do things in the dreams, you know, when you're dieting, you know, when you're drinking medicines or uh, at least in my experience, no, I, I learned to do something in my dreams to really, um, yeah, just to have the awareness. Okay, I'm sleeping. I'm in a diet. I'm sleeping. Okay, that's a, that's a test. Okay, so I need to do that or I need to do that. Or da, 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 da. <clears throat> so why do you think, <clears throat> like you're speaking about those archetypes, uh, about labeling those, like, oh, this is the... This is the voice of the judge who's who's constantly okay. judging things, or this is the, the the I don't know I don't know what the archetype is, but maybe the person who's afraid of something and that's coming out. So, mm. what is the benefit in in identifying those? Does it does the process of identifying mm. it help us to begin to to create space around it, or to free us of those things, or just to have a better understanding of ourselves? I mean, in my experience, uh, it really helped me a lot to. Uh, to separate myself from that, you know, because with the judge, that is the common one. And I mean, everyone can relate to this one. Mm, in the moment I was asked in my, in, my, uh, in my process with art therapy to name it, you know, to give it a name, a name that I don't know anyone about. Um, so I did. And what I, what, I, what I saw is that every time the judgment was coming, I was like, ah, that is... Mm, whatever John you know ah that's John and in that moment this judgment was losing was losing power you know so that was very interesting to see oh my god so when I step when I when I see this judgment this thought this pattern as something outside of me you know I mean it's inside of me and it's part of me but it's not me in the moment I see it like that it loses power, it, it, it loses influence in me. That's one, one side. And the other side, I realized through time that sometimes I was, um, oh, I mean, like a, a tendency maybe on, on me, I don't know if in more people, but like the negative aspects of us, we wandered far away, you know, like I had this experience in a ceremony where uh, I was facing like my... Um, my craziness, no? it was this, this little being with big eyes, like very crazy eyes. And I, I opened this, this hole in the ground and I sanded it down there, you know, like very deep. 
And all of a sudden I, I thought, no, no, wait a minute. If it's down there, I cannot see it, you know? So I bring it up and I, I put it just next to me. And then I realized all the other archetypes, all the other, these, these beings inside of it were there, you know? The big team, the saboteur, the judge, all were there. And I understood, claro, I, I want you right next to me. And I want to know who you are and I want to know what are you doing, you know? And with who are you hanging out, you know? And at the end it was beautiful because through all this speech, at the end of the, of, the, of, the, of the sentence was like, and I love you. you know? So it's, it's all this, this circle, no? like mm, knowing what these things are, and you have this little fight with that, but at the end of the day, it's better to love them because they are part of you. So there's no need to be uh, in war or in conflict with them because they are part of you and they are part of the human experience, you know, and they are so valid, as valid as all the positive ones, you know. So, yeah, I think for me that was a, a very big um, learning about the archetypes and the importance of that, you know. But it's also, I could see through the years, no? Uh, I was working a lot with that in, in a certain moment and... And now it's not fade away, but because I feel them there. But it's like, okay, that was a stage in my life, you know, thank you. And now I feel like in others. But I think that because of all the work I've done, you know, like integrating the shadow and all these <laughs> beautiful concepts that we use in this world. <laughs> yeah, many, many people I think are interested in dreams and, and exploring those more. What uh, do you have any like thoughts on, on what are good ways to, to better connect? Because one of the things I, I, I often hear from people is, is people say, I don't dream. And from my understanding, that's impossible. I mean, we, we all dream. Um, we all dream. Because our, our, our consciousness is there. It doesn't go somewhere. <laughs> it's exactly. still and the unconsciousness is there. You know, the unconsciousness is always there. So it's like people should say, I don't remember my dreams. Because it happened to me. Sometimes you wake up and you, it's like, no, I didn't have any dream. No, you have, but you don't remember, you know? And, and that can be sometimes because the consciousness is blocking the dreams. Because the consciousness thinks that we are not ready to receive these dreams. So then we will need to do a work of talking to our consciousness and to ourselves and say, I'm open. I want, I want that information to come. I'm ready. I'm safe. You know, it's like a, a self-defense uh, self mechanism. Um, but I think that uh, if someone wants to deep uh, the knowledge in the dreams, it, it requires time and dedication. You know, I think it's very important to write them down, you know, to give that space when you woke up, not moving too much, don't activate yourself too much. And just to have like a little notebook near, near your bed and write write them down, just a few words. And at the beginning it will be difficult for sure. You only will remember like some words, but the more you do it, it's like a muscle at the end of the day. It's like a muscle. The more you, you practice it, the more it um, unfolds. So yeah, after we write them down, then we, it's just taking a space every day or whatever we can. And it's not that we need to write uh, every day's dreams because every day we don't have meaningful dreams every day you know and sometimes we just need to grab these dreams that we feel very important and it's about writing them down and then there's different techniques you know you can 
you can see what are the items that really are are, are uh, keeping your attention. No, and if there is three items in the dream that really are keeping your attention, because maybe you can um, do a visualization with them. No, if there is a black cat, okay, you connect with the black cat, and maybe you can just write, just uh, evocate the image of the black cat, and just write down whatever comes to mind. That requires practice, you know, because the automatical writing is difficult because the consciousness is always there and always wants a meaning right here, right now. But the more you practice, it's time, time and perseverance, <laughs> honestly. And the beautiful thing is that the more you do it, then you can, you start uh, building up your own dictionary of symbology. It's your own, no? So when a cat appears, you know what the cat means for you. And I think when we start working with that, it's very beautiful, all the unfolding, no? and how you connect more. And, and you give really the space and the importance that the dream space have. Because in many cultures, no? in many, many ancient cultures, dream space is as important as the daytime. Because it's, it's part of our life. And then we can get information, we can get, uh, we can solve problems there, we can integrate things. No? The, the, as Jung was saying, the process of individualization is happening through dream space. It's the same that uh, our body, uh, the body is breathing by itself, uh, the, the heart pumps by itself, digestion happens by itself. Well, in the, in the unconsciousness, some things work like that also. They happen naturally, you know. There's nothing you, should, you have to do for that to happen. It's, it will happen. It's human ev evolution. So do you think that's the, the real benefit of, of, of accessing the dream space? Is it, it is this this whole other realm that's that's also giving us information or we can learn because as you said there, there are a lot of cultures that put a that put a tremendous amount of importance on dreams they i could be wrong but i think it's the shuar the ashwar they um i could be wrong on that but, but i think it's it's a group in ecuador and when they when they wake up they drink this tea this beverage of wayusa <clears throat> which is related mm -hmm. to yerba mate and they, they all drink quite a lot of it. And they, they sit around, they get up very early, they sit around and they drink. And then often like the grandmother, the elder takes all of that information and she interprets it as to essentially how they should live that day because the, the dreams of the past night were kind of mm -hmm. guiding them to, to what to do in, in the following day. Exactly. That's like a, a very good example, no? And how the dream space is integrated in the daytime. Like it's, it's as important. Can I think that in our culture, you need to build up this relationship again, you know, because there's sometimes that you dream and you don't understand why this dream is telling you. So I guess it's through time and through the relationship with that that you can, that you can start um, seeing the, um, the relationship, you know, between your your life and your dream life. So yeah, I think it's I think it's important to get to know yourself better also. And and I don't think many many people understand that, but it's like, no, it's just a dream. It's, no, it's not just a dream. <laughs> it's not just a dream. I mean, don't take it literally, no, because dream space uh, as as a lot of people say no, ayahuasca also works in that that realm, no, the, the metaphor, the symbol, the uh, there's some information that, that sometimes is very difficult to unlock, but just it's because we don't have the habit of 
diving there and seeing what is there. But yeah, I think it's a, a, a very good tool to, to know yourself better. Yeah, and you, you mentioned this idea that, that um, something like ayahuasca is, is also accessing the same realm. Do you think that's what that's maybe not the only, but one of the main things that these plant medicines are doing is they're, they're giving us access to that realm? Because it seems like, you know, one interesting thing with, with plant medicine is often in our dream, you know, as you were saying, many people just don't remember that space. But it seems like one of the interesting thing that plant medicine is doing is, I mean, almost always when one is under the effect of that plant medicine like ayahuasca, one kind of has one foot in both worlds. One is very aware of that that space that they're in, but one is usually also as long as they haven't taken too much, somewhat aware of, 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 you know, what we call reality. So they, they kind of have one foot in both worlds. And in that way, it seems it's much easier to maybe understand or to remember, or to, to synthesize or to, to, to take in that information because we're, we're very aware and present to it. Totally. Totally. Carol, I, I think that, you know, we have our, our individual uh, unconsciousness and then there's the collective unconsciousness, no? And then there's the spiritual world. And what I, during these years in the jungle, I felt that, claro, um, maybe this uh, collective unconsciousness where there is all of our um, psychic energies from humanity, but much more things there. Maybe that is the spiritual world. Maybe, maybe that un uh, collective unconsciousness is, is where they meet, you know, and how plants can bring us there. I mean, uh, during the process of dieting, I was like having five, seven dreams a night and I was remembering everything, you know. And then when I was not on diet, sometimes I was not remembering my dreams, sometimes I was, sometimes, but not in the same. So I, I definitely uh, would say that, that working with plants like ayahuasca, tobacco, any kind of trees or, um, yeah, yeah, they they help you. They help you step into this this world, no? And, and to learn about humanity, about yourself, about whatever is farther away beyond the limits. <laughs> it's that's an interesting point too. Is I find often when a lot of people are describing this work, um, especially more and more, they often describe it as these plants are healing us. But the way you've described some of this work is this aspect of learning. And, you know, it's interesting, for example, in Shipibo, that the word for ayahuasca uni is more in alignment with this idea of learning, of knowing. It's a direct experience of something. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a difference in that or are they both really pointing at the same thing? And in, in order to learn, we also have to heal. And, you know, in order to yeah. heal, there also has to be a learning yeah. with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, for me, that's, there's something in the healing world and, and maybe it's how a lot of people take, you know, if I need to heal, it's because it's something wrong, you know. But also healing and learning is kind of the same, you know. And, and it's, it's not that there's something wrong or, or, you know, we are broken or anything like that. Or maybe we are, but... Um, I, I, I there's something in the learning part that heals you, you know, like when you learn, you understand, and then you can connect things. You can, I don't know, it's, it's kind of tricky, this, this question, huh? but um, 
yeah, for me, mm, and, and that was something I was seeing a lot when I was in Peru. Um, a lot of people no, were expressing. Uh, I, I realized that when a message of wisdom was coming through, a lot of times people was like, ayahuasca told me, you know? And I was like, hmm. Because for me, it always have been, I always felt that ayahuasca or other plants, they were turning up the volume of my higher self. So my higher self could communicate with me and I could hear better. So for me, it was very curious to see why every time a message of wisdom is coming through, it's from something external, you know, it's from that spirit that is telling me at the end, we are all one, you know, but, <laughs> but it's from something outside, you know, and it's not that a way to give away your power, you know, like, and I understand, and, and I don't judge uh, everyone's experience is valid. And I understand it's very cool that a plant spirit talks, talks to you. <laughs> I also like that. But, you know, I was like, hmm, for me, it's always been like that. that they turn up the volume. And again, it's the, it's the plant spirit that is doing the turning up the volume. So you are already in relationship with that, you know. But for me, I feel much more empowered when, when I say, yeah, that's my voice, you know, or, or what's my voice at the end of the day, you know, that's a voice of wisdom. It doesn't even to have to be mine. So what was what was that like for you coming down to Peru? So you, you had worked with with some of these plants like ayahuasca via via these ceremonies with Santo Daimi, mm -hmm. and then you find yourself in this Amazonian plant healing center. Um, with a bunch what, of gringos. <laughs> <laughs> it was what, it was a shock. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was very. I was so happy to be there, so happy. And, but for me, it was very shocking, the ceremony setting, you know, because uh, I came from a more therapeutical setting where we work with candlelights. And in the Santo Daime also there's light because you need to be reading the, the, the songbook. And for me, it was very challenging at the beginning, the first months, to sit in complete darkness in the Maluka. I was like, I was not understanding why not even one candle guys it's like one candle you know just to bring some light into this darkness <laughs> but towards you know uh, yeah through the years through the experiences i realized that in darkness you see better you know you hear better you see better and and yeah coming back here it, it was challenge challenging also no like to go back to this too many light it was like no i cannot cannot work with that I'm sorry I got used to the medicine in the darkness yeah but yeah for me it was like because I only worked with ayahuasca before I, 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 I did some some tobacco ceremonies before coming also but uh, when I start knowing about a thousand these, these many plants in the jungle oh my god I have no idea when I start knowing about dieting and all these processes and all these things i i had the feeling that ayahuasca was just the tip of the iceberg you know and that was very shocking to me because ayahuasca was all for me and all of a sudden it was whoa 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 it's it's like the yeah she she was the the, the guardian of the door really so like come in and knew all my friends so yeah for me it was that was very mind-blowing and, and also, like, knowing the process of dieting, 
and the tobacco. Also, it blew my mind because I was not expecting at all. You know, I, I thought that my thing was ayahuasca and I was going to, in some way, shape or form, uh, end up working with ayahuasca. And when I met tobacco, I was very shocked, really, because I was not expecting that. And then I started to, to diet with Ernesto and halfway in one of the diets, I have this moment no, that you are there thinking and, and I was like asking myself, what are you doing exactly here? I mean, why? Why are you dieting the streets? Why are you learning from that man? Why? Why? And all of a sudden the answer came like, because I'm going to work with tobacco. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's that? <laughs> you know? And I, I was like, I was caught, you know, by the tobacco and by the, this, this tradition. And it felt so beautiful. And so it's just life is so mysterious, you know, <laughs> you have your expectations and then it's like, nah, whatever. There's another way. It's, it's just here. So yeah, for me, the jungle was like, uh, a big discovery of, of, of many, many, many beautiful plants and trees and, and the tobacco plant also. Big, big discovery. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's, uh, I think we'll definitely get into tobacco more. Because when, so when you first came down, you, you were working with art therapy. Um, you were, I imagine, sitting in ceremonies. Um, and then eventually you started facilitating ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that process like? That was also, the, was that the first time you had worked with Shipibo people? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've what was that? Them. Yeah. Kind of what was that journey like of, of kind of, you know, you mentioned this idea of sitting in a maloka in the dark. It was very different. What was kind of that process like for you of, of sitting with these Shipibo people working in a very different way? Did you find yourself learning different things or, or was it getting to the same thing, but just in a different angle? And what, maybe you can talk a little bit about that, that, that first, I guess, year or two that you were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The first year was, yeah, very intense. I sat in a lot of ceremonies the first year, the first two years were like, whoa. And I found myself like when I was uh, sitting in the Santo Daime, for example, I, I got a lot of discipline, you know, but really going to the Maloka and being in the dark, that for me was like, whoa, I learned a lot about um, like knowing when I'm procrastinating and when I'm not, you know, in the Maloka. That was a big, a big one, you know, because so many ceremonies, I was so tired, you know, and I went to drink the medicine and then I was laying down and I was like, what are you doing? Like, sit up, you know, you need to sit up. And if you cannot sit up, don't come to ceremony. So like these different parts of myself, maybe this archetype was showing up, you know, like, hey, what are you doing here? What are <laughs> and the experience with the maestros was so mind blowing. Like someone singing to you for me was like, I'm, I'm a big, I, I love to sing. And having that, I was, I remember for the first year, well, no, through all the five years, eh, every time someone was singing to me, it was like, oh my goodness, you know, this moment of awe of saying this person is dedicating me her or his voice, her work, his work. And that was another uh, aspect of the medicine, you know, like being able to feel the vibration, um, the effect on my body of what they were singing. And also 
uh, yeah, being in the dark in the Maloka also brought up very challenging moments, you know, because sometimes you feel, you feel, or I felt pretty much alone in the dark, you know, and the process of feeling alone was leading to not feeling alone because it's like, no, there's plenty of people sitting here for you. If you need help, you just need to ask for and also was like this exercise of asking for self, for help when I need it. And it took me time. It took me time. Sometimes I couldn't, you know, and then it's like, okay, why are you not asking for help? Why are you uh, stumbling in the mud here saying, poor me, poor me? Um, so, you know, and so, yeah, I think the darkness of the Maloka really, it shaped me, you know, in, in, in my in some ways make me tougher <laughs> but also I felt I feel stronger you know after after that but yeah I think that I forever will have the Malokas in my in my heart <laughs> and did you feel like the the people who you were working with did you feel like they were working in a different way or they were accessing the same thing just in a different manner or it was a completely different way of working mm. I mean, I went, I mean, I, before going to Peru, I had very, um, uh, very deep ceremonies, very profound, but it's true that being in the dark where there is no distraction for you, you can open your eyes if you want, but you will see nothing. And having the work of a person directed to you that opened up things that I was not able to access. You know, and it's true that I felt that if, if in that moment I could access these things, also was because of the work I've done before, like for the for the path. But it's true that I had many moments there in the temple where I could go very deep, you know, to really touch the origin of the issue, you know. And I knew that that was because of the setting and because of the maestros, because they knew also, you know, and... That was really blowing my mind many times, you know, where the maestro, the maestro will come and something will happen. And these words after, you no, know, it's like, I, ta, ta, ta. or the day after, you know, it's like, mm, I saw that and you were here. And I was like, yes, totally. And that happened. Yes, totally. You know, so you have a doctor in front of you that is making surgery. And that have, you know, there's no price for that. I mean, it, it really, really helps to go deep much deep. Mm. Yeah. And and so then you, did you start, because you did some some Shipibo diets too at one point, yeah? Yeah, because did, I... Was that before you started facilitating or that was around? No, that was before. Like during the first two years that I was in the temple, I was uh, busy with the study. So I was doing my art classes, movement, some anthropology classes also about what is a ritual. Um, and I was busy with the study. And then when the study finished, uh, supposedly my work was finished. And then they asked me to stay and facilitate. I said, yes. Um, but yeah, I started to diet in these first two years with some three people. And because when I started to know about the diet, I was like, okay, I want to diet with women, you know, because I feel safer. And yeah, I want, I want this feminine energy. And what happened was like, every time I was doing a diet with the maestra, afterwards, maestra was leaving. <laughs> or was leaving forever, or was leaving for six months, or was leaving for yeah, 
And that was a little bit of an issue because I really wanted to dip the relationship with the plants and with some maestra and was not possible. And it was not until 2016, 16? Yeah, I think so, 16, that I decided to go to meet Ernesto because a friend of mine from here, from Barcelona, really told me very well about him. And many people there was dieting with, with him. I said, okay, I'm going to give an opportunity to this guy and see. And yeah, it was instant. <laughs> but with SGP was was very nice also. I was, was, a new, was a new world to discover, you know, a new world, like how to learn to be quiet, learn to be with myself, you know, learn, learn to tune into the, what the plan is saying, when the plan is telling you go to your room, when the plant, you know, or, or the dream space is like, wow, that's very different. That's very. Uh. And so the, um, at that point you had finished the, the study with ICRs. And as you were saying, the, maybe you can talk a little bit about the, the point of that study. You said it was this, you know, collaboration between the temple and ICRs studying the long, long-term effects of ayahuasca. Of ayahuasca, what, yeah. What did you, what were the results of that? And did you know them? kind of at the end of your stay that, that you already had the results in and you felt like no, your no, work no. was done or? No, no, I say um, my work was done because the time for recollecting data, that was the, the thing I was responsible to, you know, to recollecting data because we were asking people to sign up by internet, but we needed more people to participate. So I was like kind trying to enroll people just before the first ceremony there to fill up the, the questionnaires and and yeah, so when I finish recollecting data, they start to um, to try. I, I don't know how you say in English, like where, uh, to from all this data to make some results. You know, so we presented the preliminary result in in Acre in the Second Ayahuasca World Conference, and I think for me one of the of the main points I was I I, I present the well-being the well-being uh, preliminary results. And one of the things that I found mo- most interesting was that um, people were was more aware that they were not their thoughts and they were not their emotions and they were not their feelings, you know? It's called the centering. I mean, you know, that you get the ability, the capacity to separate yourself from your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings. No, a little bit is related to what I was saying before. No, with the archetype, it's like you separate yourself. It's like okay, that's a part of me, but it's not me. I'm 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 here, and all these things are here. No, and also the um, it was a very nice increase in in like uh, social abilities. You know, like social capacities, family capacities. So yeah, it was very it was very nice to present that in the, in the conference. And, and the, those, those results were, were pretty staggering, yeah? I mean, they, I, I think they, they exceeded the expectations of, of what mm-hmm. ayahuasca was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 totally, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was only the, the preliminary results, no? I think uh, there's not so far away they, they publish the, all the results. Uh, we can maybe we can put the link here for people if they want to check. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I think one of the important parts is is that is to give a, a scientific perspective to all this to all this work, you know, because 
I think for many people is necessary. Many people that want to approach the medicine but is scared, doesn't doesn't trust. But well, we have science here that is is showing the results. And how would you how would you summarize that? That essentially like the baseline of where people came and the baseline one year, two years, three years later, there was a significant improvement uh, across a, a variety of, of... It was like, um, for sure, after the retreat, the curve went up. And then after a month, the curve went a little bit down, but stayed higher than, than, the, than before the, the, the workshop. And that was in many, many, many of the different aspects that we were looking at. So just for that, that's amazing, you know, that the people stayed in a certain level, not going down again. So, yeah. And it was really measuring things like a sense of well-being, a sense of connection to oneself, connection to family, things like anxiety, depression. Mm. I mean, yeah, the the questionnaires were super long. (laughs) And yeah, there was a lot of scales that were used. I'm not familiar with this kind of, I always say that I got the best job in the study, you know, that I got to, to go to the jungle, stay there for five years, enjoying and learning a lot. And I just have to, you know, to enroll people in the studies. But yeah, there was a lot of skills, a lot of work put in that study, you know, and, and a lot of work afterwards also, you know, to, to measure all of that, to take all the information from that and to put it in paper and to put it in something, in something coherent. And is ICRs, are they continuing to, to do studies with ayahuasca, like long-term studies of the, the benefits? And at the moment it's a little bit difficult not because all the uh, planetary situation. Um, but yeah, they are, they are, they have different projects, you know, also with, with Iboga, they are doing a great job with Iboga and with, medicinal cannabis um, but yeah at the moment there's there's a study around uh, around how you say in English duelo uh, grief grief and ayahuasca that is starting to walk very slowly but because of the of the situation no but yeah yeah I think that that will be a very interesting one to comment mm-hmm so when you started facilitating, what, what was that like? Because I imagine, you know, one of the things you were talking about was these archetypes. So I'm sure you began to notice through working with a lot of people, I would imagine you began to see different archetypes of maybe people who came down or the, the, the emotions or the journeys they were going through. Um, what, what did you learn in, in that process as you began to facilitate people? Yeah, totally. For me, to facilitate was like, when they asked me to facilitate, I was so happy because I was getting bored. (laughs) You know, I needed, I realized I needed, not bored, but I needed challenge, you know. It was very nice to be an art teacher, but I needed more action. And I was missing really to be in ceremony and to be working. Um, So yeah, it was was very interesting to see in every group that was coming, you know, uh, how all of us, at the end it's all of us, you know, how we played with different roles for each other, no? And how we were mothers, fathers, sisters, lovers, grandpas, grandmas, for everyone in the group, no? And how people in the group was, was getting this, ah, he's the funny one, or he's the, 
many, many things. But also in ceremony, you know, when sometimes in ceremony when these energies came, you know, and, and came into the Maloka and, and sometimes I could feel like the energy of the wilderness, you know, that was coming to the Maloka, maybe through some of the of the guests, you know, that were having like this big explosion or or things like that. But yeah. Totally. I didn't know you were you were playing the archetype of the lover. Maybe that's something we have to talk about after <laughs> we, we cut the camera. <laughs> you know, projections, <laughs> transference, counter transference, always like that. Da, da, da. <laughs> Boundaries. <laughs> and did you see in people's processes that 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 there was there there were common things that people were experiencing? Um, mm. You know, th- things that because. Yeah, I would imagine, like even, I'm sure you've used, uh, I think I've, I've heard you use it, that this idea of the hero's journey, that people are essentially through this process going on a hero's journey. And with that, certain things arise. Uh, a lot of darkness can arise, uh, you know, seeing where we're out of alignment, uh, seeing things that are beautiful. And, you know, like you said, some people may be pointing the finger, like it's this person's fault or it's that fault. Uh, the, the victim comes out and mm-hmm. and then maybe the, the 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 wise person begins to emerge. Did you... Did you see common things that that helped you as you began to facilitate to learn how to work with people better? Yeah, I mean, um, there was a point I remember, uh, maybe a year, no, into facilitating year and a half, and the group was in a moment, oh, and and I thought, okay, now that's going to happen, you know, and that person that is saying that that's going to happen. And that was happening after, you know, it's like, oh my God, it's like <laughs> the doubt, you know, I, I think that is a very common, common thing that, that was happening, not the doubt, doubting about everything, you know, losing the faith uh, and how that was changing after. So it was beautiful to see it when you start seeing these, these things, you know, like uh, the loss, loss of faith, um, uh, being angry with everything and everyone, you know, this this connection to anger and I'm just angry with everything and it's like, okay, be angry. It's okay. That's the place to be angry. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't hit anyone, but just allow yourself to be angry, you know, and, and how people was feeling trapped on that. That's never going to change, but I knew yeah, it's going to change in two ceremonies, maybe <laughs> you'll see. And in two ceremonies, we're like, ah, oh, and you were like, look at that. <laughs> No, how the process, yeah, it's like, I think um, the process of starting to drink the medicine and then the medicine bringing up all these things that people was there to see. But one thing is your intention and the other thing is when the thing happens. When you really see all these things of you that you don't like and you need to see it and there's no way out, only way through, no. And they appear, a lot of people was having this, this moment of just being angry. You know, I don't like myself. I don't love myself. I don't like life. I don't, and how is, is, is the same that I was saying before, no? At the end of the day, I love you. To all these parts, you say, I love you. And when you were, when I was seeing people arriving to this point, you know, like just embracing all these, you know, all these parts of you. Also, a lot, what I saw a lot was people saying things for the first time, you know, maybe to me or to other facilitators or in the group setting. And that was very powerful, you know, people sharing secrets, you know, 
that they never told anyone before and the amount of release that that was bringing, not even in the ceremony, but just to say it. So for me, working in the temple, it really points the, the importance of the group setting, really. And that's very nice and how we learn from each other, no? because at the end of the day, I remember many times, uh, listen carefully to the integration, no? sharings, and I was like amazed at how much I can relate to what the person is saying right now, because I'm going through something and what you say really fits into what's happening to me. But I'm here facilitating, you know, so it's different. But at the end of the day, everyone was going through a journey. We were all together from different positions, but we, we were all together going through that. So, yeah, I, I for sure, no, uh, like seeing people uh, processes, uh, you learn about yourself and through working through yourself, then it's easy to help people, you know, work through these, these stages with the medicine. And what do you think is is happening when, for example, with ayahuasca, when when someone is sitting in a ceremony or they're going through a process, like we were working with, you know, five, six, seven ceremonies, uh, the, the 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 healers are singing to them. They they've they've done this kind of pre dieta. Um, they've restricted a lot of things. How would you describe to someone, I mean, a lot of people listening, I'm, I'm sure have, have worked with ayahuasca, but I'm, I'm sure some haven't too. So what do you, I'm, I mean, obviously this is a big question and, and, you know, these things can work in mysterious ways too, but with your experience, maybe what are, what are some ways that you've seen that that plant is, is helping people to, as you said, to heal and also to learn like, cause you know, for, for someone who's worked with it, that they may understand what you're saying, but for someone who's never worked with the plant medicine, how does drinking some little cup of something heal you and teach you? <laughs> <laughs> how they do that? Well, I don't think it's only ayahuasca, you know, because you are in the jungle. First of all, you've done these uh, pre-dieta restrictions that you really, if you really take it, uh, if people take it seriously, it's it's a lot. It's a it's a good effort. So your body and your mind are in a different mindset, uh, and then you are in the jungle. You know, so it's not that you are drinking the medicine, but you are in a big, big, big organism, living organism that is also. Um, influencing you you know like like you are breathing through your skin all the uh, oxygen and chemicals that the jungle is is releasing uh, and then uh, during the workshops you are also drinking plant remedies of different plants that are also uh, going to the body and as maestros say their spirits are also with you in the ceremony and maestros are singing to you these beautiful icaros of different plants so then you drink ayahuasca with all of that. I mean, for me, it's much more bigger than ayahuasca. Is ayahuasca in the shipibo, in that setting, obviously, no? Um, it's all, it's like, a, it's like a puzzle. It's like a mechanism, like a technology, you know, that is created there for people to, to go deep into this, into this process. With ayahuasca, what I think it does for me, uh, like I talk to many people and they say, no, I'm afraid to drink because I don't want to see things I don't know. And it's like, in these 10 years or, or 12 years that I've been drinking, uh, I, I never, I mean, I, I never see 
anything that I really didn't know before. I see it more clearly, that's for sure, and here, you know. But everything that shows you, you know already. <laughs> One thing is that you don't want to look at that and you have put that in a drawer or in a closet down there and you forget about But you know, you know. So I think uh, the medicine is bringing up all these things that we hide, that we are afraid of, you know, that, that we don't like about ourselves, but also what we like also, I think, because it's not only that you drink the medicine and you have to face uh, your, your shadow only. I mean, I think everyone that has drink can say that they had a marvelous experience also, no? like experience to connect with your heart, with the universal heart or whatever we want to call it, or humor, <laughs> laughter. I mean, I had so much fun. You know, I'm so grateful for ayahuasca because it really brings up this humor. You know, like take it, take it lightly because life is short and <laughs> you better laugh. <laughs> I don't take yourself too much serious, you know, or too seriously. So you, you mentioned yeah, a few times, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I think that, um, I mean, it's also a good I mean, uh, I talked to, to some people, I told them, like, it's common to have sometimes, not, not for everyone, but to have this biographic um, movie, movie, no, biographic um, resume. It's like you, you can go through your life, you know, it's, it's very, my, it's easy for the medicine to bring you back in some moments of, in, in, in life. I have this experience of time traveling. I was like, ah, this is time traveling. <laughs> you don't need a machine. You just drink a little bit of ayahuasca and you go. <coughs> but it, it helped me go back to the past where I was struggling, you know, and I was able to give comfort to myself. Like, and that was awesome. Like, okay, I'm here in the future. Uh, learning new tools, and then I can go be in front of myself in that situation that I can recreate because ayahuasca help, is helping me recreating that, and I can give a strength to myself in that moment that no one there, no one, no one else was there. You know, I found that very, very interesting. Not only with ayahuasca, but with other medicines in in the diet space also. But yeah, I I think yeah, it's a very interesting way of working with your life well you mentioned this idea of dieting can you can you speak a little bit about that yeah i as i said i i did not know anything about dieting and yeah the first i think the first two diets one well, of the first three or four diets i did with with people and the first three they were like social diets you know that we were doing there while we were working and that was so hard because you could only eat this rice and the potatoes and the platano maduro. <laughs> I remember one of that. I did it for two months. It was like, Jesus Christ, I cannot eat any more of that. No. Um, yeah, so for me, it was a very interesting concept. No? Like, uh, you have to isolate yourself. You have to not eat. Uh, and so in these diets, that because we were working, no, it was social diets. Mm. The time I was spending with myself was very precious, but was really until the moment I didn't do a, a proper diet, like really go into isolation 
no phone, no distractions, no, no guests to take care of, you know, that then I said, I said, oh my God, okay, that's, that's something else, you know. And for me, I think the big discovery of Peru was, was the diets, the diet space, because um, I don't know, for me was, um, I, I create a space of intimacy with myself that I never expected that was possible, you know. And, and at the same time, a space of intimacy with, with God, with the divine, with life itself. And that for me was so precious because when you drink ayahuasca or you drink other medicine like uh, peyote, San Pedro, uh, that they are psychoactive in a way that, you no, know, some people call them psychedelics. I'm not very attuned with that. But um, yeah, they, they have an effect. You no, know? they, they create an altered state of consciousness that is very obvious. It's like, yes, I'm there. But what I found with the diets was like, yeah, you are in a different state of consciousness for sure, but it's so subtle that it requires a lot of effort for your part. You know, it requires a lot of concentration. And for me, the process of dieting was the learning that, learning to be quiet, learning to watch my mind, because sometimes was this monkey, you know, like I was banging my head to the walls, like, shut up, you know, like um, arriving to the limits of boredom. You know, I, I cannot be, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to put myself. I want to scream and I can't. And how you pass these, these stages and then open, another space is open. And I remember the capacity of seeing my life from far away, you know, and seeing my life so small and all the things that were happening, relations to people. And, oh, I want to change that in my tambo because I want, you know, I want to have a, a bigger toilet and that's very important right now. It's like, it's so, you know, and, and all the problems I had, you know, and all the things were so little. And having the opportunity to see my life from that perspective, so little. You know? and, but knowing that when I'm back there, that will be important. You know? that, that was like the wow. So for me, it was like, well, just remember when you are back in your normal life, just remember this experience and remember that when something seems very important and very upsetting or very, no, remember this, not that. It's not that. You know, life is much more than that and you're very small at the end of the day. And yeah, for me, that, that was, that is the thing that I would really, really like to bring here in Spain, you know, is that one of my intentions of giving diets here to people is to give people the opportunity to have this experience, you know, just to connect with yourself in very deep way, you know, very deep way, just, just to become your best friend, really. You know, that, that in the space that you hang out with yourself, that everything is okay, that there's peace, you know, that there's nothing to worry in this present moment, right here, right now. We are not hungry, even though we are not eating, but everything is okay. I think that's one of the big teachings of the diets and the plants, you know, and all these big trees from the jungle, no? I think for me, they brought this teaching, you know, that... that this discipline of the verticality of the tree that also connects earth and sky and in, in that harmony there's peace and, and that we can have inside also no? 
we need to work through that and it's not easy it's very easy to say but the process to arrive there is very difficult but it's very worthy i think do you think that's one of the interesting paradoxes about this medicine in these works is one can have these extremely profound out-of-body experiences universal eons into the future eons into the past uh, other beings other universes and yet at the same time the teachings come down to these as you said these very simple fundamental things mm-hmm. that that for me was the difference between dieting and ayahuasca right because um, i i found myself touching my limits with ayahuasca also huh? arriving to places that say okay i'm done one and i can't go farther than here and and yeah as you say sometimes is this other body experience and but what I found with the diets is that they were like very in the present moment, you know, for me. Even though, obviously, when you drink your medicines and you do your work, you have your experience there also. But for me, the diet was like more anchored in the present moment. And because it's subtle, you know, it requires from you of that really okay i need to be here and and you know with the medicine with ayahuasca sometimes with other plants it's it's more easy because uh they evoke a lot you know and and the effect is very sometimes is very um obvious sometimes not the medicine also works sometimes it's very subtle and you really need to concentrate and you really need to be quiet and to be there and and perceive and sometimes it's, it's true, ayahuasca also comes in a very subtle way, and that's the work. But most of the times, it's, it's a plant that really shows up in an obvious way. And for me, the diets give me that other... Maybe because also my background, no? like uh, when I was living in these squats, and, and I do a lot of drugs, and I was looking for that unconscious, this other part, you know? And, and for me, the diets just gave me like, look, you can arrive to these places and, and you, from here and now, you know, you don't need to go somewhere. Or what I found also with the diets was like, uh, in terms of, of the visionary space, you know, that I was able to create the visions I needed, you know, from this, this other space. For me, it's, it's a little difficult to to say because it's not that I have the visions here like a movie, but it's in another kind of space. And, and through that, it was like, wow, I'm able to create what I need in order to help me, in order to heal me, in order to have fun also. And that's also uh, something I really appreciate about tobacco, that for me, it's the medicine of the present moment. It's here, it's now, it's your body, it's your breath and it's your mind and I, I really really appreciate that in the plant in tobacco so maybe you can maybe you can talk a bit more about that uh, some people may be familiar with tobacco I mean I'm sure most people <laughs> know what tobacco is but when, when you're talking about working with it in a medicinal way what, what is that what does that entail yeah so I, I as I said before going to the temple uh, I drank a couple of times tobacco here with a friend that he's also tabaquero and yeah, for me, it was like, wow, I, I never thought that. I, say, I always, I, I smoke 
from uh, I, I started smoking when I was 13. So tobacco has been always with me. And when he gave it to me in liquid, it was like, what? <laughs> and I had this beautiful purge and I felt very clear and, and very good afterwards. But kind of that uh, fall in the back of my mind. And when I arrived there to the jungle and, and uh, at the beginning, I, I could not stand mapacho. I was like, no way, I'm not going to smoke that. That's horrible. And, you know, as a work tool, because at the end we were smoking because of work. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it was when I, when, I, when I met Ernesto and I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to diet tobacco. Um, that, that blew my mind quite a lot also. Uh, so tobacco, yeah, you drink it in a, in a, in a tea. And it's a very um, purgative plant. So it's like a deep cleaner, no? like in a physical body. It's, for me, it's the same that does in your body. It does it in your mind, in your emotions, <laughs> in your spirit. It's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you say that in English, but like a very potent cleaner. <laughs> and so it also helps you root yourself in your body. At least that's my experience. Huh? Tobacco brings me back to my body in a way that any other plant has. And... It's, it's also give me a sense of, of empowerment, of, of, yeah, of, of, of power, of protection. And yeah, for me, I mean, when, when, I, first, when I first diet tobacco, I was in a very challenging moment. And yeah, I couldn't believe what tobacco was doing, you know, like every day. The, the, the first day I drink it was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. They, they make me sing it, like they maybe snort it, snort it. And I was like, that's crying, like, no. But the days were passing and, and I wanted to drink. You know, I was waiting for, for Ernesto to come and give me more tobacco, please, because all the dream space, all the ceremonial space with the plant was so radiant and, and so, so full of light and full of good. You know, I could feel the good in it. So, yeah, I think I secretly fall in love with tobacco in that first sight. I didn't know, but I really, really buy it. <laughs> so, and yeah, for me, yeah, yeah. say, say. Yeah, you mentioned these ideas of, of power and cleansing and, and bringing one to the present moment. Um, are those reasons one would, would drink tobacco? It, it's... Because I think when, you know, when most people are coming to work with ayahuasca, there, there's some sense of, for most people, obviously it, it depends on the person, but there's some sense of, you know, something is off, I'm, I'm looking for something, I, I want to discover more, I need to heal something. Yeah. And so they, they work with ayahuasca. Is that, would you say it's the same thing with tobacco? It, 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 it does the same things as ayahuasca, but in a different way, or it's just a completely different experience altogether? Yeah. I think it it does similar things in complete different way, but also I would, or at least um, with the people I work with tobacco with, um, it's like people that is having a, a difficult time in decision making. You know, when you feel unsettled, when you are having difficulties to organize, difficulties to focus, to have direction, 
when you feel very airy, you know, like, yeah, disembodied. Um, also, when you feel charged, you know, uh, sometimes, well, yeah, people feeling, I feel heavy. There's, there's something heavy in my body. There's something heavy in my mind. Uh, my thoughts are not clear. Mm. Then they come and work with tobacco. But also, I think that it is very useful to work with tobacco before any other medicine, you know, because I think tobacco works in a way... Mm, Tobacco, well, I think also all the plants, they go very deep. But tobacco, especially, I think, I feel that it arrives to places that we don't realize that is there, you know. And connects, I think, is the, is the, is the subtlest connection, you know, between you and the divine. And that's a connection that once it's done, for me, if people uh, cultivate that connection, then that can grow and grow and grow and grow. Mm, but yeah, I, I have treated people like, yeah, very um, unrooted, uh, you know, with clumsy mind. Uh, I treat some people after COVID also, like to restore the, the immune system to help getting back the, the smell and the taste. <laughs> but yeah, I think... If someone feels confused, I think they should drink tobacco. You know, because sometimes people go and drink ayahuasca and that's perfect. But sometimes um, the medicine can confuse more. You know, when, when there is, when, if the people, if the person is not strong, it can confuse more things. But if you drink tobacco first, you clean, you know, and then you go and you drink ayahuasca and then mm, it's like going more directly to the, to the point. And because tobacco has done this beautiful work of just cleansing, you know, just, just taking out all the grease and dust that we accumulate inside. Yeah, so when you, when you finished that process and you, you, were, you were still working at the temple, um, eventually you decided to, to, to leave, to go back home. What was that? Was there a calling to do that? Or, um, and what was that process like for you? Yeah, that was kind of a calling. Yeah, I mean, I was like four years and a half there. And I said, okay, if I stay more, I could stay more. But I also realized that um, being at the temple was awesome. But if I stayed, I will always be a facilitator, you know. And I really wanted to do something else. I wanted to, to give... Um, to give medicine to the people, to give the tobacco. And, and I thought... I want to go back to just to bring all of that there, you know, and, and just to have my own project. And also my family was here, my mom, my father and, and my friend. I was really missing them. And I, I felt it was a time where if, if I stayed longer, it will be more difficult to come back here, you know. And thanks God I came because a year after we went into lockdown, COVID, la 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 la. So I escaped. <laughs> But yeah, I decided to come back. It was not easy because um, the temple, uh, it's been the place I've been the longest, you know, like without moving. I always was before, I, I, I moved places a lot, different flats, but the, the, the temple was my, my home for five years. So that was challenging to the site, but 
yeah. And the just before coming, I was thinking, okay, uh, that's going to be like the image that was coming to me was like a plant that you transplant. You grab the plant and you transplant it. So I was analyzing this symbol. It's like, okay, be aware that you will feel stress as the plant feels stress. You know, the plant with, with all, like the roots and, and rooting the plant, what happening to the roots and the air, they feel with no ground uh, below. And then you will be put in a new earth and then it will take some time for you to recover and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, one thing is to have that in mind and to think about and the other thing is to live it, you know. And the integration or the change or the coming here, it has been at some stage quite brutal. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, integration is a big part of this work, right? And as big is the experience, as big will be the integration. So I thought, oh my God, five years there. <laughs> How long will it take for me? And, and, Integration is, is a very important part of working with plants, right? Because um, you can have experience in the diet, in the ceremony, but how you apply that to life is what really matters. You can have plenty of ceremonies with plenty of beautiful experience or challenging experience, but if you don't apply that in your daily life, then what? You know? And that's a hard work. That's like carving a tunnel in a mountain with a teaspoon. <laughs> and yeah coming here was very hard after five years in the jungle back to Barcelona and that was like crushing a lot like it's going very open no I mean if, if for the ones that here that they have been living in the jungle they know what I mean but was like the setting the change of setting was so heavy from environmental setting, no air, water, food, daytime, you know, because I arrived here in, in spring, so day was super long, eight, eight in the afternoon and bright light that was driving me crazy, all the jet lag. And from the openness that I was coming from the jungle, no, this clean diet, <laughs> everything to the city, you know, to the noise of the city, the stress of the city, the smells of the city and meeting your family, meeting your friends, and most of all, meeting all your own patterns that are here waiting for you to come back to have some tea. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was extremely challenging. Um, and I thought so much in, in all the people that I have met in the temple, all the guests, you know, that, wow, guys. <laughs> That's that's really something, and and it's it's funny because at some at some stages, I felt um, I felt supported for them, you know, in in some weird way. Uh, I felt all these people I have worked with, they were with me in this integral. Like, yeah, you are not alone. That happened to us also, you know, in different ways, in different struggles and challenges. No, but. Yeah, this process of, of integration has been very interesting, very interesting because I had to detach, I, I realized how attached I was to who I was, you know, who I was in Peru, the Irene from Peru, no? and, and all of that. 
And letting go of that was was really challenging. You know? And at the end, you need to let go because it's what it is to to emerge in a new in a new way. You know? And that process was very very hard because I was very attached, very very attached, you know, to everything. And also because I realized the temple had this beautiful structure, but very strong structure, where you could move freely and unfold, you know. But finding myself without that structure, I was feeling like uh, groundless, you know, and, and finding the ground again and, and building up my own structure to unfold freely in my own structure. That was also very challenging. You know? And... And yeah, not having the people you had for five years almost around, no? all of a sudden anyone's there. It's like, oh my God, what is all these people? And yeah, I, I went through phases of a lot of isolation. Although I had beautiful friends here that support me a lot and, and family, and I really appreciate that. But yeah, I like phases of really going to the abyss and not understanding, no crisis of faith. I don't feel my diet. I don't feel the plans. I, I should be and in that way and not that way. No, a lot, all this, all stuff coming up. And at the end of the day, I realized that, no, because we think of we think. I was thinking, no, if you do diets, if you work with plants, you, you, should, you should be okay always, no, because you have your plants, because da, da, da. And it's like, no, the plants are there to challenge you. You know, and the plants will bring up stuff that is there and that is going to be difficult for you. And, and as they give you tools, they give you homework, you know. And because I was, things were not happening, happening as I was expecting, I was suffering a lot. And it took me a long process to drop the expectations, you know, to drop the attachments. Like, no, Irene, that's not going to be how you want. It's like or how you expect, you know, and, and it was not, <laughs> not so far away that I could step back and say, okay, let's drop all this dictatorship of the mind that is the expectation. Now, we talk about, uh, about expectation a lot, no, with the people when they approach plant medicine, but it's not only in plant medicine, it's in life. Drop your expectation, and then you'll see how life is unfolding, really. And you stop judging yourself and how life is and you start perceiving also things. Because at least for me, expectations, it narrows a lot the way I perceive, you know. When I can free myself from these expectations, then I can perceive how things are. And at the end of the day, everything is okay. <laughs> it's like... Coming back all this circle, oh my God, to arrive to that place. So yeah, integration. Yeah. yeah, integration is a topic a, a lot of people speak about or interested in. Did, you know, through your experience working um, as a facilitator of, of ceremonies, working with tobacco, integrating yourself, are there tools that you found uh, for yourself or for others that are, that are helpful in that process? I mean, for me, even though it was difficult in my experience coming here, coming back here, it was very difficult to create because I felt completely disconnected from my creativity. But when I start to draw, to do something, that helped me a lot. 
also we we used a lot in the temple, no, this RAIN acronym, recognizing, acknowledging, uh, non-attachment. Okay. I know, <laughs> recognizing and acknowledging, investigating non-attachment. That really helped, really helped because. And another thing that helped a lot for me was uh, this somatic technique theory that I I meet I I. I I knew about that at the temple, and then yeah, when I came here, I got I got into the training, the theory training, and for me that was a big a big thing because in all this process I felt very much uh, out of out of my body. You know, I had a lot of anxiety, kind of depression, and this technique was helping me going back to the body and shifting um, the mindset through the body. You know, and and it was helping me. That the teachings of Thierry was helping me seeing uh, that I was um, well, just recognizing where my mm, my nervous system was. You know, and how my nervous system had been through a process also of adapting. That was really into, into interesting. Um, but yeah, for, for the integration, I think another thing that is, for me, uh, it has been very important is, is to have support, you know, from friends. And that's something that is priceless, you know, in the moment. For me, a, a big moment was asking for help. You know, at some point I, I had a breakdown and I, I had to ask for help, you know. It's like, and it's beautiful when you have a net and the, the experience of being helped. I think that's a big part of the integration is to learn that sometimes we cannot do it uh, alone. And it's, it's beautiful, you know, and it's very wise to ask for help and then to have the experience to receive that, that help, you know, so yeah. And another thing that helped me a lot also in, in that same note was um, looking for a therapist. You know, because there are some things I cannot work with myself because I cannot facilitate myself, <laughs> you know. And I needed something, someone external to do that with me. And it was beautiful, beautiful. The, but, the, the somatic um, things, I'm sure some people are familiar with that, uh, but some aren't. What, what is a somatic therapy and, and also what is TRE? Hmm. Yeah, TRE is a tension and trauma release exercise. And this is a technique that was um, developed by David Bercelli. And it's like uh, through a series of uh, seven exercises, you activate your body. Uh, and then this um, neuro, uh, how is it called? Neurogenic tremors. Uh, they, they, these exercises bring up the neurogenic tremors that is a way uh, we as mammals have in common with the other species of, of, of mammals and is a way for the body to regulate itself, you know, is helping the, the nervous system to go back to state of connection, social connection and calm and safety. And so uh, that for me was a very big discovery because... You know, the body holds a lot, a lot of tension, a lot of prints of different things that happen to us in life. <clears throat> and through the tremoring, uh, you can uh, 
go through different layers of tensions, you know, and, and you, you learn to regulate yourself. Um, for example, that's, that's a very... Um, last year we had these conflicts here in, in, in Catalonia, you know, and I was in Barcelona and it was a lot of police everywhere. And I was waiting for a friend in a square and all of a sudden I saw this police coming and people running and I got very scared, you know, and all, all myself like it got, mm, and it was nothing really, it was, was nothing. So, okay. I said, okay, I'm okay. But my body was like, no, you're not because you are all tense. And I said, okay, because it was uh, night and it was not many lights. Uh, I stand there and I start to tremor myself, you know, a, bit, a little bit, like five minutes. No one was here. I was changing positions. <laughs> and when I finished, I felt different, you know, like something left, you know, some of the tension, some of the... So what the tremor does also is helping the hormones that the stress is producing to be released. And so the person can go back to a space of, of, of calmness. That's in a very, that's a, a short way of, of, of putting it, no? But yeah, for me, that was a very nice tool to have with me during, during this time. And I'm very happy because I'm finally certified, so I can work. <laughs> I, I was talking to someone the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying something about, for them, one of the things that these plants were doing was getting them in touch better with this this intuition that resides in everyone, this, this, this kind of sense of knowing. And um, one, of, uh, one of the memories that, that I have of you that I, I really uh, always remember really well is we were doing a workshop uh, with Richard, who I actually just interviewed yesterday. And, um, and his brother was there. Uh, I'm sure they won't mind me uh, relating this. And his brother was really struggling. Uh, I was somewhere else working. So I only found out about this the, the next day because you had gone over to him and I could be getting the story completely wrong. So correct me if it is, but, but he was really struggling and uh, he was kind of stuck in this space. And I think most, most people in that situation, most people holding that space probably would have tried talking to them or, or recommending some other tool or something. And you recommended that he took more medicine. And I thought that was a really, you know, a really bold move. And, and that, that, that would only come from, you know, someone who's really done this work and has an understanding of it, but also coming from a place of some sort of intuition of knowing that in that moment, that's going to be the thing that he really needs. And when he came out of that experience the following day, after that, that second dose, he had, I think, at least up until that point in his life, the, the most profound experience he had ever had. He, he, he was a lifelong Buddhist and he kind of experienced the essence of those teachings. And it was a completely revelational experience for him. So is that something you, you find that, that these plants are, are also, they're, they're helping us to get in touch with that, that inner knowing that we all have inside of us? Totally, totally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in ceremony, you know, uh, maybe because it's so dark, well, in this setting is dark, but in ceremony in general, whatever is the setting, um, you need to work with that intuition. And because, and sometimes 
is telling you to do things that make no sense, maybe. But if you follow, you see the result after, no? And and yeah, with 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 him was pretty much that. I I approached him and he didn't tell me much really. He was like, I'm not in a good space, and was like, okay, drink. But I I really give him very very little. And and yeah, something was very clear for me. It's like yeah, just this sip, this this state of uh, this taste of of medicine. Because sometimes, uh, one one can get lost in a loop in the, in the medicine and it's just this this drop of medicine can change also in the santo daime they say that no they have they drink three times and they say that each <clears throat> each time is different so if you only drink two times you can get stuck in the second so the third will help you go somewhere else you know like i think i think that intuition came from that side really but yeah i think that yeah, working with, with all these plants. I mean, there's there's a big part of this this intuition that resides in the body also. The body tells you. The body knows before you, you know. And I think I think everyone has the capacity to have that. Like it's like a little diamond that we just need to to clean and to and to put in place. But yeah, I'm totally sure that working with this kind of plans is, is, is going to mm, unfold this this intuition mm. and and it's gonna they they teach us how to listen also and and how to to do you know but, but also in other other situations I, I doubt it's like if, if you don't follow straight and you doubt, then yeah, the mind goes in, no, but what? But that's not, that, that, no. Just do it. If it's not, if it's not right, you'll see after, you know? But yeah. That's something else I find really interesting is this idea of doubt. And I think something many people who've worked with these plants have experienced is some form of magic. And that's not in like, you know, pulling rabbits out of hats in that sense. But, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this sense of the the world, the universe is, is a place of magic. It, it's so much more intricate and complex and beautiful and, and awe-inspiring. And, and there's so much that we don't know. Mm. And I find one of the fascinating things about plants is it, it, to some degree taps us back into that. And I think, you know, people who really work well with these plants, when, when they begin holding a space, they often have this ability to tap into that. And, you know, as you said, it's always this interesting thing because doubt is always there. Doubt can always come in and say, oh, well, you know, that's just my imagination or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's just my mind talking. And yet, I think something that's really common with, with people who've gone really deeply into these plants is they have a sense that they're also being guided by something or there's a, there's an access and not that, you know, like every moment of our lives we're living in some altered state where everything is just, you know, told to us. But there are these moments where there's a clarity and there's an understanding that, that something is a work that's beyond what we realize. 
are you able to speak to that at all about what that balance is between you know tapping into that also the imagination and then also that realm of of doubt because i think doubt is something that so many people experience and and are kind of in a struggle with uh, you know all the time i mean i think so many of the the things that people come to this work for actually revolve to some degree around doubt like my life's purpose my place in the world my 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 love relationships there's 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 this seed of doubt in them that that, that's really holding people back so i know that's kind of a big question but <laughs> <laughs> all the questions please. no yeah no, it's very in- interesting no um yeah i think that um I mean, doubt is healthy, you know, I think doubting is healthy um, because doubt, it helps you to uh, review, you know, your life, but to a certain degree, you know, and there's, there's a big part in this, in this work with plants that at least I, I realize have to do a lot with your imagination, but imagination is not it's, yeah, it's something that you create. And, but um, this doesn't mean that it's not real. You know, you're just creating that. And I think working with plants, uh, one of the teachings is that you can create things with your mind. You know, how to use the mind in a, in a better way, in a way that serves, that really serves, you know. And yeah, when, when you were saying, no, when, when you are in ceremony with people that really do their work and really can open this 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 space no and and you can really feel like wow we are doing something here you know something magic is happening but it's a magic that doesn't have anything to do with harry potter doing the flying in the no 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 it's it's much more delicate than that you know and resides in each one of us each one of us and the, our own capacities you know to create the beliefs that are good for us, that are really good for us, you know, to be able to believe in what is good for me, to create new beliefs, to to decide what I believe and what I not believe. I think that's magic. <laughs> because so many people have, we have these beliefs that are, you know, they are just uh, um, restricting us, you know, uh, and they are not doing any good for us. And, and yet they are so difficult to stop believing in, you know, even though they are, they are not good for us. We, we can't stop believing that. Uh, so for me, opening that space where you can create your own beliefs, you know, I, I'm going to believe what served in my life. I think that's quite magic, <laughs> you know, and, and for me, plants, plants can help definitely in that way. And also a little bit in the in the line of the of your own symbology, you know, like create in your mind what you need. It's not the easy talk that you create your reality, whatever you think. No, but it really can. It's not that if I think about money, I'm going to have money here. No, but if I think in abundance, if I create an image of abundance, that it's much better than, than create an image of scarcity. Is going to have different effect on reality. That's for sure. <laughs> and for sure, it's going to be different for everyone. But for sure, it's going to have an, an, an effect. And 
yeah, I think I think all these kind of plants really can help us discover the path, you know, of a better use of the mind and the heart because they are all related and the body is all there. So with with ice ears, do you like so much of their work is is it seems to be trying to bring these plants, these traditions, these medicines more to the mainstream. And, you know, it's something that, that I've always found really fascinating is that the, the more, because I've always been somehow really interested in things like spirituality and, and different practices. And, and that's really what led my curiosity to plants. And the more I kind of look into it or feel into it or experience it, it seems to me like this work was really at the root of, of culture's all over the world. I mean, every culture and, you know, for various reasons for, for many cultures, it's been lost. And it seems like, you know, one of the things ICERS is doing is, is trying to bring this ancient knowledge back into the, the forefront and, and, and in a way like, um, make it more accessible and, and, and shine some light on it because there, there, there's so many, kind of weird theories about it and, and so many discriminations. And um, so do you have a sense of, um, you know, because you have worked with ICRs, do you have a sense of, of the direction that this work is moving in? Like, do you see, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see more mainstream acceptance? Do you see, uh, you know, in certain areas, it's, it's, uh, it, it is kind of moving more into the mainstream culture and, and any idea or sense of, of, of how that will happen? Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, one of the aspects that I like the most from ICRs is that they are, bringing light into all this world, but also um, bringing up the importance of respecting the originary cultures, you know, and, and giving them a place of respect and recognition and acknowledgement, you know, to all the originary cultures that work with the medicine. And it's, it's like in the forefront, there's the ayahuasca, but what is behind the ayahuasca, no, is, is a lot of, I mean, the, the, the ayahuasca is, is, again, is the tip of the iceberg, no? But for me, in doing that work, it's also a work of recognition of all the culture, different cultures that there's behind. And I think that's very, very important because, mm, you know, sometimes uh, we can forget well, well, where all of that come from, you know, it's like, okay, I'm working with tobacco, for example, and I will do it. I learn from a tradition and I will do. And at the end, obviously, I will do it my way and I will adapt what I knew to what I feel and to what I feel people need also, you know, but I should not uh, forget where that come from and I should not uh, forget to honor, you know, all this tradition. So that's one side that I found very fascinating and very needed, you know, all the rights of the indigenous people. And, and yes, I said before, it like it's also bringing this scientific perspective, you know, because sometimes the talk is very spiritual and for so many people it's like, nope, <laughs> I'm not going there. But if no, or family, family of people that drink ayahuasca, they get worried, okay, if they see these scientific papers, if they see these results, scientific results, ayahuasca is not 
uh, toxic for your neurons. You know, it's, it's the contrary. It's, it's going to help your neurons to grow. It's like, oh, wow, okay. That's, so that's also... Um, and um, I think that the Western world is in need of uh, this spiritual connection, you know, to regain the spiritual connection. Um, what I found in, in my years in Peru was a lot of uh, white people learning from the indigenous people. And I, and I understood it like, I understand, claro, I don't have teachers in Europe that they can teach me how to use the plants in, that, in this way. So I come here, I learn a technique, so now I can go to my hometown, my home, and I can connect with my, the nature here, you know, through tobacco, through different trees. There's plenty of trees in Europe <clears throat> and different plants in North America, you know. But because here there's this lack of, of, of abuelos that, that know um, how to connect spiritually, you know, with the, with the plants. Um, so I guess that, yeah, ICER is bringing up to the surface, to the mainstream, all this uh, way of approaching nature, way of approaching the medicine. And, and look, ayahuasca is all around the world. <laughs> I mean, the plant is spread, you know, like, whoa. Um, for me, it's also interesting to, um, to start working with the plants that you have in your, in your, in your land. Because everywhere there's some plant that is going to open that um, psychoactive uh, door and can lead you to this kind of connection, no? from mushrooms to different kind of harmalas and different kind of anawaskas that you can do that, that there's records that they have been used in Middle Asia, Europe, Greece, you know, like there's plenty plants. No? So my concern is also towards the medicine, the ayahuasca, no? it's like if everyone wants to drink ayahuasca now, it's like, okay, guys, <laughs> let's let's sit for a bit and think about that, you know, like uh, the, the, the jungle is resourceful, of course, but uh, there's a lot of people wanting to drink. So why don't we turn to our, you know, our land and see what, what kind of plants we have here that can open that, just to give a rest to the jungle, because who knows, maybe someday, you know, there's no more ayahuasca. And also, because <clears throat> sometimes I, I feel we, we keep extracting from the jungle, you know? And even with the tobacco, you know, it's like, okay, uh, am I going to be depending of asking for someone to send me tobacco? I will have to go to buy tobacco or I will plant tobacco here, you know? Of course, the soil is not the same. <laughs> You know, the jungle is the jungle and that will be always like that. And the power of the earth and all the nutrients that will be is unique, you know. But also uh, each land has its own properties, you know. And what better for the people from the land than things from the land, you know. They will be different for sure, but maybe they are better for the people that drink them or take them. So that's some of my thoughts on that. Yeah, beautiful. So where do you see yourself uh, going with all of this work? You, you mentioned you're, you're starting to, or you've started uh, 
holding space for people, working with tobacco, giving diets? Do you do you see that that's where your life is moving or things are still unfolding? Things are still unfolding. It's, I'm, next week I will start uh, working on my website. Um, but yeah, I want to... I want to offer in one side uh, the theory sessions because, um, and because of this situation of COVID and lockdown and, you know, the body is very tight and our heart is very tight and we need to shake it off. Um, this is one side. And then, yeah, I would love to, to keep giving tobacco to people. Diets, I need to find a good place to give the diets. But, but yeah. Yeah, my project by now is that it's like theory and tobacco. So it's not it's not yet uh, finished, but I think I, I feel very very soon will be. So yeah, I, I see by now I see myself doing that, and and I had this uh, insight uh, the other day. No, it was like. Uh, remembering, no, when I was in the temple, and I was like, that's the job of my life. You know, like. Uh, working with ayahuasca, uh, doing art therapy, you know, and when I came here, I was like, oh my God, I did the job of my life already, fuck, you know, like, what I'm going to do now? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and when I started to have ideas about this new project, um, I wanted to um, to include art therapy, you know, so bad, so bad. But some part of me was like, some way I'm not feeling it right now, and was like look our therapy is always inside of you you know and that will come you know and and it's like just letting go again no letting go of what you did you know you did what you did is awesome and it's there thank you and now you are creating something new give a space for something new and maybe in five more years you will discover another thing you will study it and you will introduce and maybe you leave something behind and then you no, and that I think that's part of the integration also, not to learn to to trust whatever you do, <laughs> you know. And another thing that I wanted to say uh, about the magic side, no, and and what you were talking before, uh, that that a friend a friend told me some days ago is like, uh, in the moments when we are very low. No, that is when all this doubt came in and then we think that we are left alone, that, that the plans are not with us, that the spirits are not with us. That's the moment where we are most, that they are most with us, you know, that we have more company. When, when, when you really feel alone, it's like, oh my God, I cannot feel, is the moment where everyone is there for you. No, but you are so caught in your worries, so caught in your feelings, in, in your struggle, no, that, that it, it makes you feel you are alone. I could relate to that very much. <laughs> well, beautifully, Irene. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Um, well, very soon I will, be, I will be releasing some of my hits, <laughs> some of my songs in SoundCloud, so I will let you know. Also, I've been, as I said, I love to sing. I've been singing in ceremony for a long time. And... I've been, I've been uh, receiving some very beautiful songs that I, I really want to share because I think they are for that, just to share. So I, we're starting also a little project, a musical project here, so very soon that will be out. 
<laughs> and yeah, this was a pleasure to, to be here with you. I was very nervous, I have to say. It's been a long time since I don't speak in English and I was very uh, worried, you know, that I, I will not be able to speak. But yeah. <laughs> and I felt very comfortable and very nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing it. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to see you in this, this virtual reality. Totally. And, uh, Thanks, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure to, to know you. I have a lot of love for you and a lot of respect for you. I think you're a human being and I really wish you the best. And I, I look forward to when we connect outside of this virtual space again. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll put the links up to, to how to contact you. And I would okay. think anyone who's in uh, Catalonia, mm -hmm. Or Catalonia or yeah, Europe, if they want anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they would be in very good hands with you. So totally. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really enjoyed. Yeah. Bueno chica. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> okay, everybody. That is it. That's all for today's show. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Irene. I always really love talking to her. She's a beautiful woman, beautiful. I think ambassador of, of this work. Um, so that's it for today's show. As always, if you're able to help to support the show, Patreon is a really good option. Uh, there's different tiers you can subscribe to, giving you things like early access to shows, bonus material, Q&As. So it's a really nice way to give and also to get something back. Uh, there's also the option of direct donating via PayPal. There's a link in the show notes. And also, if you're not able to do that, or if you are, and you're also able to, on the YouTube channel, Universe Within Podcast, the homepage, subscribing to the show, um, turning on the little notification bell, and liking the video, that's a really big help. And also, with the audio version, going on Apple Podcasts and leaving a starred rating and a review. So that's it for the show. Um, the next few guests, I'm not quite sure the order yet because I've shot a few of these shows kind of a bit far in advance, um, but there'll, as always, be some good guests coming out. So thank you guys for all the support, to all the Patreon supporters. Thank you very much to everyone who's donated via PayPal. Thank you very much to everyone who's subscribed to the show and has listened and has given great feedback. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And I will see you all on the next episode. Bye.